Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hey, Incline listeners, looking to start your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Now, you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can have it heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thank you for checking out the incline. We are powered by Dodgers Lowdown. Talking some off-season baseball today. We got David Rosenthal in the house, Ian Nielsen. I'm Kevin Klein. Today we're just going to talk about what the Dodgers need to do this off-season. Trades, hot stove, other MLB teams, free agency. We're going to kick this off. It's going to be exciting stuff. What do you Let's got do it. on your plate, David? Um, I'm excited to talk about possible Francisco Lindor trade. Maybe an Anthony Rendon signing. Uh, we'll talk about Cole and Strasburg, although I don't think those are very likely. And then uh, what to do with Seager in the Lindor trade. And, and if they sign Rendon, what to do with the rest of our guys. Sounds good. Ian, what's on your mind? Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm interested in the big name free agents. Uh, those are the guys everyone wants to talk about. Those are the guys everybody would like to see on the team. Though with the past, what we've seen with the Dodgers, it, appears that it may be unlikely so I'm interested in maybe taking a look at the next level of guys you know the Zach Wheeler type players the Odorizzi type guys and maybe seeing how they would fit in with this team as well as the guys that are current free agents and talking what their future might be Ryu Hill for sure we got three big free agents to kick this off then we'll dive into the rest of the guys but these are without a doubt the big three right-handed pitcher Garrett Cole right-handed bat, Anthony Rendon, third baseman, and right-handed pitcher, 
Steven Strasburg. Where do you see these guys ending up? And if any, will be on the Dodgers? I, I think Cole is going to go to the Angels. Uh, you know, there's no secret he wants to be back in California. Uh, it's no secret the Angels need pitching and are willing to spend money. Uh, so I think, you know, Artie Moreno opens up his checkbook and gives Cole a seven-year, $250 million deal in that ballpark. Uh, and he, you know, he's paired with Otani and Trout to, to give that team a chance for the first time in, in a decade or so. Uh, Rendon is kind of a question mark because I do think the Nationals will get either Rendon or Strasburg, but I don't think that they're going to get both. Um, so it really depends, you know, who signs first between the two. Uh, but if, if it's not uh, the Nationals for Rendon, I think the Dodgers have a real chance. And, uh, you know, the Rangers are looking to spend money, the White Sox maybe. Uh, and then for Strasburg, as I said, I think the Nationals get one. Uh, and if he's not on the Nationals, I think he'll be on the Padres. Well, I really wanted to, like, say all the same stuff that David just said. That was <laughs> basically my predictions as well. Garrett Cole's going to be an angel. And if he's not an angel, he'll – he would probably go to the Yankees, I would imagine, though. Mm-hmm. I see him going to the Angels. The Angels have shown willingness to spend in free agency. Uh, I would expect that to continue. Anthony Rendon, I believe I believe Rendon's going back to Washington. I don't believe both are going. I see Strasburg signing with the Padres. I yeah. really do. The Padres showed last year that they're willing to spend the money, and they have the money, and they have the young pieces around those guys. Um, Padres have a great young rotation, but they're missing that anchor veteran ace. Um, you could put him around Mackenzie Gore and Chris Paddock, and that would form out very, very solid rotation for a while. Though I would not be shocked if Anthony Rendon went to the Rangers. But, again, who wants to sign with Texas right now? Yeah, they have a lot of money to spend, though. So, you know, if it's about money, I, you know, anyone would go there for $250 you know, million. But, yeah, I'm with you on the Strasburg to the Padres. It makes sense. He's from San Diego. He went to San Diego State. And, like you said, he'd be perfect to pair with Paddock and, you know, anchor that team with Tatis Machado. It'd be a nice core. All right. looks like we're all on the same page. Garrett Cole seems like he's going to be an angel. I would say six years minimum with the annual adjusted salary around 35 million a year. Rendon, you brought up the White Sox. And I think that is a sleeper team because let's not forget, they did try to go after Machado last Mm -hmm. off season Mm -hmm. and the rebuilding phase is over. The White Sox are a team to look out for. They're, they're going into the, win now phase I would say and Strasburg yeah San Diego Padres make the most sense what better way to honor your former coach Tony Gwynn than to put on a Padres uniform so it looks like none of us got them going to the Dodgers so let's talk about the next tier of guys we got right-handed pitcher Zach Wheeler left-handed pitcher Madison Bumgarner left-handed pitcher Hunjin Ryu right-handed pitcher Jake Odorizzi do you see any of these guys coming to the Dodgers? Go ahead, Ian. Okay, I'll go. We might have lost Ian there for a minute. Um, you know, of, of the guys you mentioned, I think Wheeler Wheeler could. You know, he's kind of a he kind of strikes me as a guy the Dodgers would be interested in uh, if they don't, uh, you know, sign Ryu. Um, but, you know, as Odorizzi, you know, he, he, he kind of worries me. He's, he has that Dodgers, you know, mid-level tier type guy they would sign. Um, but I believe they offered him the qualifying offer, uh, you know, which for a guy, you know, one year $17 million deal is going to be kind of hard to turn down unless he's looking for a longer-term deal. Uh, but of those guys, I think Wheeler fits, fits the best. 
Um, I would hope the Dodgers would stay away from Odorizzi. You know, they have plenty of guys who can, you know, replicate what he does already. And, you know, I, I, I would stay away from Odorizzi. Yeah. Um, Odorizzi is another one of those guys that his name's popped up a lot. Um, again, looking at these mid tiers, I, the first guy I would steer clear of the most would be Hunjin Ryu. I know he's an ex, like he's a current Dodger and he's a finalist for the Cy Young, but Hunjin Ryu right now screams to me that about to get massively overpaid past his value, though. I don't think he'll get anything more than a three or four year deal. Probably won't make over 20 million. Um, his peripherals are not great. Like, let's be real. You look at him on fan graphs. He, uh, he just doesn't come off as that pitcher that you need, that ace that's super dependable. Uh, I have a lot of uh, trust issues putting my faith in a guy that doesn't throw past 90 on average. Um, Zach Wheeler would be actually, surprisingly, as much as I'd love Garrett Cole to come to the Dodgers, um, Zach Wheeler is kind of that pitcher I would love to see the Dodgers sign because I really believe that he has the physical makeup and the dominant stuff to be the number two behind Bueller next year. And I think that's what the Dodgers really need the most. If Washington proved to us anything, it's that pitching wins in October. And if you can have great pitching, um, you can win. Again, still would love to see a Cole, maybe a Strasburg, but a Zach Wheeler um, who's dominant. And I believe you put him behind the right analytical minds that could utilize him correctly, which would be the Dodgers. That's the guy I really would love to see him go after, though I think he sides with the Yankees. I agree with that. And I think the Astros could be in play for Wheeler too. Yeah. He he fits their, their mold really well. And he could step in in Cole's place for about a third of the price. But if you are a Dodgers management person listening to this on the off chance you are, I am a hundred percent advocating the signing of Zach Wheeler. hundred percent do it. I don't think the Dodgers are going to need to sign any free agent pitcher. And we'll get to that in the trade section in a few minutes. The one guy I do actually like is Jake Odorizzi. I know he's not a popular name, but his velocity has been upticking the last couple of years, so maybe he's coming into his own. Bumgarner, I think it's going to be between the Braves and the Giants. I, agree. I see him going to the Twins, possibly, too. Yeah, I could see all three of those, but I, th- I think he lands in Atlanta. Atlanta's where, yeah, and I think they need to stay away from Bumgarner, too. He's one of those – he just similar to the Joe Kelly thing. Oh, playoff warrior. I can see if the Dodge, they would never do it, But if they sign him, I could see that being a total disaster. Yeah. Fast. I think Madison Bumgarner is actually very underrated at this point in his career. And I do think the giants are going to try to do everything they can to maintain him. And if they can't, maybe Hunjin Ryu is a guy they sign as a backup. Ryu. Um, he doesn't have the qualifying offer attached to him anymore. Cause he got it last year's. And I think that's actually going to drive up his bargaining price, which could be a good thing for Ryu because teams aren't going to want to give up the draft pick. Therefore they might go for him. We'll see if that plays into a factor. Cause yeah, you don't want to give up a draft pick to sign Oda Rizzi. Wasn't Will Smith an example of that. They got him as a qualifying offer. The catcher. Yeah. The catcher. I think so. When they lost, was it Granky? They might have. Yeah. So yeah. Um, other than that, you know, the next tier of free agents aren't very exciting. We could talk about relievers now. I mean, Will Smith is out there, the left-handed yes. pitcher. Yes, to Will Smith. Give Will Smith all the money. We Dylan. Need, we need a closer. Pay Will Smith. Dylan Batonsis is another name mm-hmm. floating around, and. 
I would like I would like Betances on a you know like a one year seven million type deal. You know he's he's coming off that injury, but he's he's nasty when he's healthy. Yeah, no, I think the Dodgers should definitely take a flyer on Betances. I would actually advocate Betances on a one year kind of low risk high reward deal, similar to a kind of earn your value sort of deal. Um, I might be the only person in the world that actually believes that the Dodgers do not need to add a single free agent relief pitcher at all. In fact, I would argue that our bullpen is kind of underrated as wild as that might sound it's pretty wild the bullpen has lost a few key guys due to gonsolin may urias exactly and again that all that all depends on whatever they choose to do on the market with starters i think it is a little dependent if they do sign a starter that could keep a gonsolin in the bullpen next season that's true but you know you still with jansen in decline you know we don't know what we're going to get from kelly you know, Baez has been great, but is he going to stay great? And then it's just, you know, you got Caleric, but Caleric for a batter. But I mean, if, yeah, if yeah, you had true. you had Will Smith or Batansis if he's healthy, or or even Chris Martin, you know, he would be a good sign and give him, you know, a two year deal for ten million dollars. Like, I think they absolutely have to add something because they've they've tried the, you know, we'll see how it goes. Like we got the guys approach for aside from last year the previous three years they didn't really sign anyone in the bullpen and it just doesn't work yeah they have to replace Urias and Will Smith is the perfect guy to do that we have a question on Twitter and this is perfect segment from Alex says at Alexander Aura two he wants to know will Urias get a chance next year or is he bordering on being a lost cause as a starting pitcher um I don't even really think I, no, I, I would absolutely, to Alex's question, yes, I believe that Urias is 100% a chance to be a starter. I think he will probably be a starter. Though, oh, yeah. I don't know if saying loss causes the correct phrase because, to me, he was probably the best relief pitcher whenever he was there last year. And he, in today's game with the super reliever, we saw it work with Cleveland for a year and a half or two years with Miller. Minnes, or Milwaukee kind of does it with Hayter. I could mm-hmm. see Urias being a super reliever, kind of. The guy that can go multiple innings out of the pen and is lethal. Um, and that's the thing. There's, there's talk about he would go to the rotation. I kind of love the idea of him staying in the bullpen as that lethal dude that can go seven and eight and shut guys down. And, yeah, lost cause or, you know, fortunate circumstances. I think it just depends how you choose to view that from that perspective. I would, I would say, I would agree with you there. I, I don't think he's a lost cause whatsoever. I mean, this guy, you know, he had, he had a very good year last year in, in multiple roles. Uh, obviously he was better as a reliever, but as a starter, he had a 3.26 ERA in eight games, you know, he pitched 30 innings, only gave up, you know, 11 earned runs, 37 strikeouts. So, you know, they, they give him a chance to, you know, have the whole off season to work up as a starter and, you know, actually give him a chance. Uh, I think he could be a dominant starter. Well, I got some thoughts on Urias. I think the training wheels are coming off next season. He's going to be a full-fledged starter. I would expect him to get close to 150 innings, if not more. He's going to be a force in the starting rotation. I have no doubts, and I actually, bold prediction, he's going to make the all-star team because he's going to have one of the best first-half seasons in Major League Baseball. We don't need Garrett Cole or Strasburg because Urias is about to come into a zone. I like it. And let's let's not forget he is 23 years old. Exactly. And you look the at surger- his- 
the surgery scares a lot of people. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, I think he's kind of proven that he's still got it and he's got it just like he did when he was a prospect. You look at his game logs last season, other than one hiccup against the Mets, it didn't matter who the opponent was. Urias was pretty much lights out all season long. We can move on to trades, I guess, now. What do you think the Dodgers, if any trades, are going to go down? I don't think it's going to go down um, because this team has just conditioned me to believe that it's not that nothing is going to go down um, and that you know, if something does, it's going to be a minor steal and Scott Alexander type trade or a weird uh, salary dump. Like Morosi said in that thing that he posted onto every MLB app, everybody got the update about Lindor coming to the Dodgers. And to me, there couldn't be a more perfect uh, trade scenario than that one. Um, I believe the Dodgers have one superstar player in that lineup right now, and it's Cody Bellinger. And I think he has way too much pressure on him. And it was pretty evident in the postseason and down the stretch that as good as he is, he's not carrying that lineup by himself, just the way Christian Yelich was not able to carry the Brewers in 2018 by himself. Corey Seager, it's time to be honest with ourselves. Corey Seager at this point does not look like a superstar player. He looks like an above average shortstop at best. And they have a chance right now to get a top 10 all-world talent, switch hitting, gold glove, power hitting, five-tool superstar in Francisco Lindor. And if it costs Corey Seager, and if it costs virtually any prospect, hopefully Ruiz, hopefully trades from some of that catcher depth, I think that's a deal they would need to make. I'd be willing to give up Seager right now. Um, to be honest, as much potential as he has, you'd have to think about it even trading a Gavin Lux if it, if it meant bringing in Lindor because sometimes you got to be stupid and a little irresponsible to win a championship. Boston was very stupid and irresponsible previous to the 2018 season because their GM's a thousand years old. Um, was. And it was, yeah. And it netted him a championship. And, you know, if we want to see this drought ended, being conservative and responsible might not be the way to go about it, though I think that's what ends up happening anyways. I, I agree. Um, you know, I would love to see Lindor, even, you know, the cost of Seager, you know, and I, I don't think they would have to include Lux in that deal, honestly, because no, no, if, I, I would say it'd be one or the other. So if you give up Seager, you don't give up Lux. If you keep right. Seager, Lux would have to be gone, I'd assume. Right. And just for the facts, Lindor and Seager are the same age. Uh, Lindor is going to earn, they're both in their final year of arbitration. Lindor is going to make around somewhere between 16 million and Seager is going to make about seven or so. Um, and the Indians are a classic example of an organization who will not pay Lindor and they might not trade him, but they should trade him. And, you know, if, if they're going to be able to get Seeker and, you know, maybe like a Jeter Downs, Josiah Gray type prospect, I think they make that deal. And if we're on, if we're on the subject, uh, you know, Kluber's a guy they're paying right now. He's going to get 17.5 million this year and they got a club option on him. Uh, for 2021 for 18 million uh, it would be very what what a deal it would be if the Dodgers hauled in Lindor and Seager uh, Lindor and uh, Kluber for Seager and whatever prospects they want you know I mean that would be awesome it's very unlike the Dodgers to do so but uh, that would be that would be an earth shaker yeah I saw Kevin tweet about the Kluber thing uh, obviously it would cost 17 and a half or so that would be a lot less but 
We already have one Kershaw. I don't know if we need a right-handed Kershaw too, but we'll <laughs> see. Kluber still is one of the better pitchers in the game, uh, and he would definitely provide something to the rotation. Yeah, and that's a bargain, honestly. For, for what the market is right now, that's a bargain. Absolutely, and Corey Kluber is only 33 right now. He's not like a 36-year-old. He pretty much missed all of 2019. His arms should be pretty fresh, and I think a lot of what had to do with his decline in the 2018 second half was just injuries. I mean, he pitched um, a C, uh, AL leading 215 innings. That seems like a lot these days. Last season, he only pitched 35. I think his arm's going to be really fresh. Corey Kluber is a Cy Young caliber pitcher, and he did get the Indians to a World Series. So this whole narrative that he's a bad postseason pitcher, I don't buy it one bit. I agree. I mean, if, if you can get Kluber in, in a Lindor deal, uh, you, you do it. Okay, let's talk about trading Corey Seager for Lindor because, honestly, I don't think they're that much far apart in terms of talent. Lindor had a 4.7 war. Seager had a war of four. And then Seager, of course, missed some time with that hammy injury, had a very slow start. Let's not forget, Corey Seager, when he was in his prime, was a top three MVP type of player in terms of voting. Yeah, I mean, I, Lindor's defense is significantly better. Uh, you know, his power is significantly better. Um, you know, and, and then it goes to the postseason, where in the postseason, Lindor's hitting 276 with five home runs, 12 RBIs, and an 820 OPS with a .16 wins uh, WPA, uh, win probability added. And then you go to Seager, who in about 30 more at-bats is hitting 203 three home runs, 10 RBIs, 605 OPS, and a negative 1.6 wins probability added. So, you know, there's no guarantee that the postseason numbers hold up, but that's quite a contrast in the two. I mean, that's fair. And we'd have to dive into the matchups, and it's very possible that Corey Seager just encountered tougher pitching in the postseason. To me, I think Lindor is kind of a fraud. I look at some of these teams' career averages. 228 lifetime hitter against the Astros. 182 lifetime hitter against the Pirates. He beats up on bad teams like the Tigers, the Royals, the White Sox. He's not the best against the Yankees. Or so, Sorry, the Mets. He's a 208 hitter against the Mets. I mean, they have DeGrom, Syndergaard, well, Stroman. How many times has he faced the Mets, though? And and with that being said, and I, I love my Dodgers, you know, let's be honest, as great as this team's been, facing the Padres and Giants and Diamondbacks every year yeah. is a little bit different as well. So yeah, that's true. It's, it's hard to quantify both in that circumstance, and that's why to me, Seager, I even have bigger worries for watching him hit two. 25 at-bats against the Mets to answer your question. So small sample size, but it's there. And those are probably, you know, DeGrom, Syndergaard-type pitchers, too. I mean, he has 333 at-bats against the Royals, 314 against the Tigers, 309 against the White Sox. The majority of his career is against pretty soft pitching. And I just have a bad feeling that he comes to L.A., the pressure gets to him, he's going to be a 260 hitter. It's possible. Either way, though, what he provides on defense still has a lot of value. And that would not deteriorate going to the Dodgers. I know that for a fact. We saw what happened with Machado going from negative 20 DRS to five, plus five. So and, in that and, circumstance, 
You'll you'll Go get ahead. either a wash plus defense. And then just just his last playoff appearance, Lindor was in 2018 in the ALDS against the Astros, and he went four for 11 with two home runs. You know, hitting 364 with a 1200 OPS. So that I mean that that's that's all you can ask for. I mean that's a superstar. Yeah, he he fits the mold perfectly in my opinion. He's got the personality for it too. He does. I love okay, his personality. Okay. He loves baseball. He loves being the guy. <laughs> It's just the personality difference in Seager and, and Lindor is quite the contrast. And I'm not saying one is better than the other, but they couldn't be more opposite. True. Well, Lindor isn't the guy I think the Dodgers need to target. It's another gold glove winner, actually, and it's Mookie Betts. <laughs> I, I know he's on a contract year, and I don't give a damn. Mookie Betts, if you call Lindor a superstar, Mookie Betts is a legitimate superstar. He's a 2018 MVP winner. He's a World Series champion. He fits everything the Dodgers need. I'm willing to give up Dustin May. I don't give a damn. Mookie Betts is the solution to all the problems that the Dodgers have. What do you think about Mookie? Yeah, the way I think of Betts is very similar to the way um, Kevin thinks about Lindor. That's all I have to say. I'm with you. I'm with you, Ian. I, I, you know, I, I'll give his postseason stats again. I think I did this on the last podcast, but career postseason, he's 20 for 88, which is 227, one home run and four RBIs in in 99 plate appearances. You know, aside from his MVP season where he hit 346 with 32 homers and 80 RBIs, you know, he's well, I mean, he he's a career 301 hitter. He he's a he's a great player. Um, but well above average player. Well above average player. Don't, don't get me wrong. I just don't you know he had a he had a very high WAR last year. You know he hit 295, 29 home runs. He's obviously a, he's obviously a very talented player. But for giving up like a Dustin May to get him and then having to pay him 200 something million dollars, that's just not that's just not Andrew Friedman. Like he he would never do that. And and I don't think he would fit in as well as, say, a Francisco Lindor would. Because think about it. Justin Turner will be gone by next year. Um, so when he's gone, he'll, he'll be playing first this year. He'll be gone next year. Muncy would take over at first. Um, if Seager is gone, you're going to need a shortstop, which they do not have. And Gavin well, Lux, Lux does not look like he is yet. Seager can move to third. And. Seager can move to third uh, for sure. And then you would still have more of a need in the infield In the outfield. You still have Bellinger and Verdugo, who in my opinion are two everyday guys. Mm-hmm. And then that last spot, while it could go to a bets, I don't know. I just, I, I, if you ask me between the two, I would take Lindor over bets in that situation. I agree. I mean, they're going to, they're not quitting on Pollock. They're not just going to, you know, throw I'd him be in okay the trash. With it. I mean, I wouldn't hate it, but they're they're not just going. They, to they won't. You People know, knock five year deal. He's going to get some at bats. People knock Betts' postseason performance, but he had a lead off single against Justin Verlander game one, lead off double against Garrett Cole game two. He got a lead off hit against Clayton Kershaw game one of the World Series. So he he does get on base when needed. He's, he he's, does. He's good. I, I'm not saying he's not good. I'm not saying he wouldn't be a, a great addition to the Dodgers, but the cost is just not there. I think it's worth it. Dustin May, I think people are a little too high on him. I think he's a three or fourth fledged starter at best. I don't think he's an ace, Ooh. and he's replaceable with Josiah Gray in the farm system. We still have Ooh. Mitchell White. Maybe Mitchell. Dennis Santana turns it around. And, of course, Gonsolin and Urias are ready. 
Santana to me screams. Santana seems like the next Yadier Alvarez to me. He yeah, just yeah. He, he too many issues. If he's going to do anything, I see him being a late inning reliever. Maybe the replacement to Jansen one day. Uh, I don't think there's I, I. I'm doing this with my hands right now, and you can't hear it. But Dustin May is up on another level of these prospects I've watched, and then I watch Gonzalez, who's outstanding, and he can throw gas. But Dustin May's pitch movement is insane. And while people talked about him like he was a three, four starter, I mean, he just rose through the system. Uh, to me, Dustin May screams out future Bueller May, potentially Wheeler rotation for the future. And in all honesty, if we're going to make a deal to get a hitter, I'd be more willing to give up Gavin Lux than Dustin May if we're talking about getting another hitter into the lineup. I don't think they're going to give up either of them in any yeah. deal. I, I think Dustin May could be better than Walker Buehler. I think he could be he could he could be a superstar. Like Ian said, the pitch movement is insane. The velocity is there. He's super young. He got thrust into some unfortunate situations during the season in relief. He's he'd never pitched in relief before. And um, his peripherals are great. His his while his season stat might have been a four point oh one ERA, his peripherals are outstanding, and his sabermetrical stats indicate we have another ace in this rotation and he's got some pretty big red hair. I agree. I, I don't think, I don't think there's any, any trade where Friedman would trade may or Lux. And, and I see Lux obviously passing Seeger's ceiling. He, he would be a guy that it would be very tough to get up, give up as well. It, it would take something pretty big. I agree. I would trade Seeger over. I would trade Seeger uh, over the two of them. Yep. I guess I'm higher on Corey Seager than you guys, but I'm I'm talking like for for a Lindor. <laughs> like I'm not just trying to dump Corey Seager in the garbage can. Oh no! But but I mean, if we're talking those three to get Lindor, I'm I'm sorry, Corey. He would be the guy I would go to as well. All right. Well, we got ten more minutes. So, what else would you guys like to focus on? So I just want to uh, mention this real quick. Um, it's out there in the public, MLBTradeRumors.com every year. They do their like top 50 free agents and who they predict they'll sign with. Yeah, uh, this was not pretty for us. Not pretty for the Dodgers. The one guy that they're the first guy they predict signing with the Dodgers is Drew Pomerantz. The, yeah, the big, the big failed left-hander. They're predicting a two-year, $16 million deal for the Los Angeles Dodgers to sign him, making that the only addition they do in the offseason, which – is probably the most Dodgers thing of all time, so I'm going to give him credit. <laughs> yeah. last, last year, they predicted the Dodgers signed Harper to a 14-year contract. Like, that was insane. Um, obviously, we know that that one was kind of hard to believe, even though I bought into it. This one seems very possible and in the realm of possibility. So, um, I don't know, though. He's interesting. He certainly looked good down the stretch of the season. Um, but uh, two years and $16 million, he seems like one of those guys I'd take a flyer on a one-year low risk deal what do you get what say you guys yeah i was gonna say um they gotta replace Urias, so he would make a lot of sense and when he came over to milwaukee he actually did a pretty good job coming out of the bullpen he he does seem like that potential brandon morrow guy where he could um kind of convert his career from a failed starter to a successful reliever back when he was in oakland he was successful out of the pen he just doesn't look like a starting pitcher yeah, well, he's certainly a failed starter, that's for sure. I mean, I just don't see them giving uh, two two for sixteen for Pomeranz when you can you can maybe get a, an actual actual reliever like Chris Martin or 
Will you know, Smith. Chances. Well, you know how I feel about Will Smith. I would, I would give anything Will Smith wants. Um, yeah. But, you know, if, if Pomeranz is the only signing and they don't make a trade, that's going to be brutal. Because the team is extremely talented, but something's not there. Like it has, something has been missing for, for several years For a long now. time. Yeah, it's, it's dating, dating back to the Mattingly era, dating back to yeah. the Ethier, Tory, Kemp era. Like, there, yeah, there's, no, there's, there's something missing. And I, and I hate to say it, but Bill Plaschke hit it on the head today. He had an article, and they, he basically criticized them for you know, hoarding the prospect. Or it wasn't really hoarding the prospects, but basically for just doing the same thing over and over again. And you know, it's, it's at the point where those prospects they've hoarded are now up with the big leagues. And uh, we, have, we still have a, a, you know, a, a chest of prospects that we have in, in AAA and, and AA. So it's, you know, it's, time to, it's time to make some moves. And you know, if it costs us a couple prospects to, to make a move and, and make, get a difference maker, you have to do it at this point. You have to do it. Albert Einstein defined insanity as doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And I'm starting to think this Dodgers management is insane or I hate to say it. There's always the belief that they are winning divisions and selling tickets. So there's that. Yeah. Baseball Um, is a business. My least thing. Yeah, no, it's a very true saying. Um, In that sense, I would say the Dodgers have been missing something and it's all been pretty apparent. It's definitely that it factor. It's that postseason clutch. And I believe it stems back to setting the tone in the off season when you're not adding superstars. Yes, you're telling your team you'd believe in them, but you're also sending some sort of a message that there's not a need for something big. And yeah, that's probably their the biggest downfall with that team. They Cody Bellinger, like I said, Cody Bellinger really feels like the first Dodger superstar I ever saw as a position player, like in my in my time of watching them. Mm-hmm. And that's a little alarming for a team that's won seven straight division titles and signing going out and signing a drew Pomerantz and then a rich hill back for a one-year deal is going to net in the exact same result despite whatever little moves they make at the deadline and this is the chance for the dodgers to buck that trend and tell the fan base that this is the time we really believe because they're trying to copy the new england patriots format but in baseball and it's not working. A big trade is coming. I can feel it in the air. And when it happens, it's going to be like a bomb went off and all of Dodgers Nation is going to run wild. I, I mean, I hope so, man. I, I really hope know, so. I, I, the, the, just imagine the reaction from fans when their big signing is Drew Pomeranz. I mean, I know they don't care what the fans think, but that is going to be – a war it's going to be a war zone online on twitter and i've seen it time and time again at the deadline when you're only big pickup and granted the guy just pitched his best and he did an outstanding job in his role but when your only pickup was adam choleric at the deadline when you watch the team that beat you and ended up not going on to win the world series pick up zach granke and make a big move i mean i get it at the machado thing and darvish but well, I until, give a, until you win a championship, you're going to get that criticism. It's absolutely, and it's deserved. Um, I give him, I give him a pass uh, this year's deadline because I, I do think they were close to getting Vasquez, but the Pirates GM, who has now been fired, uh, wanted basically the worst GM in baseball the key to the city of Los Angeles and half of the Dodgers prospects. 
Um, so I give Friedman a pass there. I think Vasquez would have been a Dodger had their GM been a rational human being. Uh, and boy, they dodged a bullet there. Thank God he did not end up with the Dodgers. Yeah, that would have been a nightmare Thank on, on God. multiple levels. Multiple. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible story. Terrible human being. Yeah. Disgusting. Yes. Well, Alex asked like five questions on Twitter. <laughs> pretty much, we pretty much addressed all of them. We don't think the Dodgers are getting a top tier free agent. Well, we just addressed the feasible offseason, what it could be, what it might be. And Dave Roberts, I think he could get booed at some point this upcoming season. Booed or really? booted? Booed. Oh, he'll get booed. There's oh, no yeah. He'll get booed. He I mean, got booed during the well, World Series in 2018. I mean, yeah, he did. I think he did in, seven, in 2017 as well. And, you know, he obviously got booed in uh, this last uh, division series. But during the year, you know, I think for opening day when they announce his name, there'll be some boos, but I think, I think a majority of fans will just focus on the regular season. Man, right, it's, got- an, it's an endless cycle of being a Dodger fan. It's booing the manager, hating him, offseason, yeah. and then yeah. spring, training, spring training comes with Sukuna Matata, and then we're going to win the World Series this year. And it's just been a cycle. So I think by opening day, everything will be back to normal like it always is. All right, we just have a few minutes left, so just close it out with your final thoughts. David, go first. All right. My thoughts are, are simple. Um, I think – I don't think they're going to even bother with Cole. Um, I think the Angels are going to get him. Uh, I think Strasburg, they may have a slight chance just because they, they did offer Grinky in, in 2015. It was five-year 155. I think Strasburg will fetch more, but I, I think they miss on him. I can't advocate it enough. Just pay Will Smith, the closer for the Giants. They just need to pay him, lock down the bullpen. Um, you know, Kenley Jansen isn't what he, he is. There's no doubt, you know, he's not going to be closing games full time in, in 2020. I think they do have a chance at Rendon. Um, you know, I take that Jeff Passan prediction pretty seriously. Uh, I think they're more interested in adding a hitter than a pitcher. Um, and, you know, it's it's going to be a, a long offseason. I don't think they make a huge huge splash but i'm i'm hopefully hope, hopefully i'll be surprised and, and lindor ends up in dodger blue and uh the fans can be quiet for a while including myself this is the off season that everything could change and i think at this point actually looking at the statistics and looking at the probability of what a crapshoot the playoffs are is starting to look more irresponsible it's been clear for a few years having the best players will win you a championship make the right move dodgers All right. Thank you all for listening to The Incline. You can follow us on Twitter. We'll post our links in the bio. More episodes to come. I hope you all have a great offseason. Dodgers got to make some moves.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.